Hello, and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, angels, and welcome back to another week of Cats Out of the Bag. Holy shit, I am so excited for for today. I feel like I've been sexually depriving all of you for a few weeks, so why would I not get on a sex coach? So... Here today, I have Freya. She is a sex coach. She works in yoni massaging. She's studied stuff with tantric sex. So, I feel like this is going to be really, really interesting. You guys have sent in so many awesome questions, which we're going to dive into. Um, So, let's bring in Freya. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. I thought that you did that little intro once and then just put it in, but you must do it fresh every time and still sound so smooth. I'm very impressed. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I feel like I've read that intro like a million times now. So, it's like it just comes off like straight off the bat but yeah no I definitely I do it every time oh my god amazing watching you do that what a privilege sorry to just break down the fourth wall but I just couldn't help comment on that that was amazing (laughs) oh my god no I'm I'm glad um I'm glad you enjoyed listening to that so funny so Freya I am so excited to have you here so can you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself what you do and just a, a bit of an explanation into your background Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So, I am a yoni mapping therapist and holistic sex coach. Um, Just to give you a super brief rundown about what yoni mapping therapy is, because so many people haven't heard of it. Uh, It's a holistic healing modality just for women that's only done by women. And it involves a combo of talk therapy and sex education, um, home play practices and things that the women can take home and Uh, I guess, incorporate into their day-to-day life to try to solve some of the issues they might have around sex or their bodies or orgasm. And then after the talky part, we go into a full body massage and then end with vaginal massage. So external massage of the vulva and then internal massage inside the vagina and the pelvic floor. Um, And so I've done, I've been doing that for about five years and have recently started moving more into like an online coaching format just so that I can reach more women and because I moved to like a fucking rural as shit place in WA. So there's like not that many badges to map out here. Um, but yeah, yoni mapping is really special and I've um, yeah learned so much through working with just like hundreds and hundreds of women around their vaginas and their sexuality and relationships, intimacy, everything like that. So that's something I'm crazy passionate about. Um, and yeah, I got into it, I suppose, just to like predict your next question. Sorry. Everyone always asks me though, like, how did you get into that? (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) you know, when I was sitting in grade one, I was just like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, no, I, I came across it. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to get fingered deep, yo. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I was just really fucked up around sex, basically. Like I started doing a whole lot of work on myself and my own relationship to my body 
Um, I was cripplingly self-conscious. Like I would have boyfriends for years and they would never have seen me naked. I wouldn't let them touch me like here, here and here. I wouldn't touch them here, here. Like I was terrified of cock. I was just, sex was like too hard basket. You know, I, I had a lot of trauma and a lot of conditioning and a lot of shame around sex and sexual expression and my body. Um, and one day I was just like, fuck, I cannot keep living like this. It is just well, it sucks and it's not sustainable Um, and I shouldn't have to, you know. Like it was just this, yeah, really terrifying realm that was starting to interfere with every part of my life and especially my relationships. So I kind of got into this work because I started trying to heal my own relationship to sex and my body and delving into like tantric trainings and workshops and sacred sexuality circles and doing the work on myself and then eventually just turning around and being like, damn, I can I mean, I've done this for myself and I've come this far and it's completely transformed my life and my relationship to myself. So why the fuck not? Let's do this, girls. Like, I want to help other people. Um, Yeah, and then kind of got into yoni mapping and sex coaching. So, yeah, that's kind of a bit about my journey. So... Obviously, like you said, that you got into this because you, you know, had your own trauma and and stuff that you were dealing with. Like, how long do you think from joining those circles and like studying into the whole yoni and everything did it take for you to overcome um, the issues that you felt like you were having sexually? Hmm. Good question. Um, I suppose it wasn't like a now I'm fucked, now I'm healed thing. It was like a slow progression. So, you know, like I I started noticing progress and changes within me, like as soon as I started doing the work. But then I suppose um, to – it's tricky because like how do you measure that? I mean – to be able to be naked in front of a partner or be naked in front of like other people freely. That was a huge thing for me. And that probably took like a year. Um, And then I suppose to like let go and get rid of all of the shame around bodies being dirty and sex being disgusting and vaginas being, you know, like this gross thing that probably took, Oh God, it's really, it's really tricky. I don't know. But I guess like, Once I started doing the work, I probably did the work on myself for like three or four years before I then went into training to do it as a professional. So when you're with your whole like yoni mapping and doing yoni um, massage, what do you think would be the most common issue that a client might come to you with? Um, so there's a few ones that come up quite a bit, generally like a lack of knowledge about their bodies. So they just want more education. They want like the sex ed that they didn't get in school. They want to know about their pleasure anatomy, uh, and how their arousal processes work so that they can have better orgasms or have an orgasm in the first place. So that's, you know, that's something people come to me for a lot about if they can't have an orgasm or they can't have an orgasm with a partner. Um, and I shouldn't say can't because that's really a limiting mindset. Like everyone can orgasm. Everyone's body has the potential, but they haven't learned how yet or they, or they can't relax enough with a partner to orgasm. Um, so that's a really common one. And then things like self-love and self like body image stuff people often struggle with. Everyone thinks that they 
are really like abnormal. Everyone's like, oh my God, my, my labia are like too big or too this or too that, or everyone's worried that their bodies aren't normal. So that's another common one. And trust me, everyone is always fucking normal. I'm just like, oh girl, <laughs> you poor thing. You've gone through your whole life thinking that you're abnormal and your yoni is hideous and yeah, you just needed someone like me to actually go, actually, I've seen a lot of vag in my time and you are totally normal. <laughs> um, and yeah, just some, you know, like pre prenatal preparation, sometimes postnatal, like pelvic floor rehabilitation. Um, there can be scar tissue or numbness or um, chronic pelvic floor tension as well that can be creating issues for a woman and meaning that she can't feel pleasure or have an orgasm as easily. So those are some those are some common ones, yeah. So with like, you know, women struggling to orgasm and stuff, this is actually something that I struggled with for many, many years. I could never come from when I was having sex or like I still to this day would struggle to have a like clitoral orgasm um, with a man and whereas like some of my friends can come from their like nipples being touched or like mm. someone will rub their clit and they'll come in three seconds. Like why are, why can some people orgasm so much easier than other people? Mm, well, it's a pretty complex thing. So there's lots of factors, um, like contextual factors that will contribute to whether they have like sort of really sensitive breaks, which will like put a stop to arousal um, or not, or a sensitive accelerator, which will mean they get turned on really easily um, and become aroused really easily and quickly or not. And then people can have really sensitive breaks and a not so, and like a really sensitive accelerator or like really not sensitive accelerator and really sensitive breaks. I mean, it's like everyone has this balance and then context comes into it really strongly as well. So what a lot of people don't realize about female arousal processes um, is that you need to be really, really relaxed and feel really safe and calm and be in your parasympathetic nervous system to actually feel the most amount of pleasure and, and have an orgasm usually. So to have like pleasurable, aroused kind of energy flowing through your body, you can't be in a state of stress or contraction or have high cortisol levels coursing through your blood. There's there's like all of these things that can get in the way and press the brakes and context is really important. So it could be that, you know, her, her inner context of her mind chatter is really hampering her ability to feel pleasure because it's telling her that she's ugly or she smells or she's worried about what she looks like and what she tastes like or she's worrying about like the million and one things on her to-do list that day that are distracting her from being present in her body and like really relaxing or, you know, she doesn't feel super safe and super like valued and respected and honoured by the partner that she's with in that moment, you know, like there's all of these things that can be contributing to mm. the context being a bit shit. Um so and true. yeah yeah so it's it's really complex so like I won't go on and on and on about it but it's yeah a big I topic. think as well like you know you kind of saying like like I mean for me it's like I have been in situations where I am so comfortable and I am very comfortable sexually so when I have those moments where I can't orgasm when I'm with a guy I'm like 
what the fuck. But, you know, yeah. when you say, yeah, sometimes your mind might be racing and stuff, that definitely is true. Because when you, when you said like, you know, you might not be comfortable with something, I'm like, no, nah, like that's not it for me. But definitely like sometimes being in your own thoughts and sometimes not being able to get into the moment is something that I've like struggled with and might not make me be able to climax. Um, so what yeah. would you, if, if a woman's in this situation and they're having sex and, you know, they might be overthinking or they might have stress and they might, they just feel like they're not getting over the edge. Like what are some things that women can do in order to help them like get back into it during the sex and like help them reach that climax? Um, so I think something that's really important to note is that an orgasm that you're trying to make happen, especially if you're both trying to make it happen and you can feel like the partner's pressure or like expectations and their desire to make you calm and then your own pressure that you want to make yourself calm because one, it feels good and two, it's going to make your partner feel great. Like there's so much pressure and expectation that's placed on orgasm as this like end goal, um, which, you know, just it fucks you over actually like there's nothing more elusive than an orgasm that you're trying to make happen and so I think like one of the most important things you could do to make it more likely that you're actually going to have an orgasm is just taking it off the pedestal and removing it as the the end goal or like the the only you know, six indication of a successful sexual session because it's like, yeah, it would be fab. Obviously, we all love orgasms, want to have more of them totally, but they're not the be all and end all. And you can still have a really enjoyable, pleasurable time with arousal and sexual energy and orgasmic energy like in your body without having that peak orgasmic experience that like everyone's looking for. So like that's one thing is like just like value all the other stuff as well equally and and not putting too much pressure on the situation to have orgasm as the outcome. Do you think that it could also be like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like when I'm having sex, it's like the guy doesn't really care about how you're feeling or like sometimes a guy just wants to go straight into it and it's like they hardly give you any foreplay and then it it like doesn't make you feel as into it as you could be because you're not even warmed up or like do you think that like I've lost my train of thought of where oh, I was going with this question totally. but like yeah yeah that's like you've you've killed it like that's exactly what I was about to say next is like the the average time that it takes for a woman's body to actually fucking feel aroused and ready for penetration is like half an hour of foreplay at least. So like I'm no. talking Are you kidding? No. Nah, like you know how men can just get an erection immediately and they can jizz like within two two minutes flat. So it's a bit yeah. of a cosmic joke because that is how a male body works and and like masculine sexual energy is really fiery and quick and like fast to ignite and then it just like peaks and then it gets extinguished. Whereas feminine sexual energy and the way a female body works is like our sexual energy and arousal levels slowly come to a simmer like water and they ebb and flow and they build in a really different way to men and it takes way longer because for you to feel like, okay, so anatomically inside your vagina, we like we've got just as much erectile tissue as men do in their cocks, but ours is all inside the vagina. So we can get a hard on, but you can't see it from the outside as clearly as like an erect dick, you know? 
but but like imagine like wanking off a soft dick like it's not going to feel that good to the guy because the erectile tissue isn't engorged the nerve endings aren't getting fed that blood and oxygen um and it's just not going to feel like much and that's basically what we're doing every time we have sex or have penetration before we're properly aroused and our erectile tissue is engorged we're, we're just like fucking with a soft fudge you know and what's actually meant to happen <laughs> this is such an interesting <laughs> way of looking at it yeah yeah and it's crazy that this isn't more commonly known about because yeah then guys and well everyone thinks like oh the way a man's body works and the way sexual energy works there must be the way that everyone's body works because we've got this like male as default kind of sexual model and so the guy's thinking like oh I get turned on really quickly and I'm like ready to have sex let's go she must be the same and then the girl's like oh my god like they're ready to have sex oh I need to hurry up Uh, you know I, I there's something wrong with me if I'm not aroused straight away so like I may as well just do it and like hope that it feels good and then feel shit because you think you're broken because you haven't had an orgasm after like you know being penetrated like five minutes into the makeout sesh and it's like girl you have to you have to give your body time for the erectile tissue to get aroused and what do you what do you think what do you think's a good way to like you know, communicate that to a, a man or, or your partner because I feel like sometimes it's a difficult conversation to have. Be like, oh, I'm not wet yet, or hey, like, can you warm me up a little bit more? Like, they're mm-hmm. awkward things to have to say to someone. But like, you know, what, what what would you say is a good sentence or something that someone could say to, you know, reiterate that to your partner? Um, I'm pretty gung ho about this because I just feel like any guy that's not super fucking willing to like worship the shit out of my body and make me feel like a total queen and spend heaps of time on foreplay like I'm not fucking with anyone you know like that I just think if if you you know this guy isn't willing to spend the time and isn't willing to listen to my needs then he's out of here so I reckon people need to just go hey um so I you know like just so you're aware like my body needs quite a bit of foreplay and a bit of a warm-up before I'm ready for penetration I really need I really love it if you um go down on me or like if you could maybe like you know be going down on me and pop a finger inside just to like test the waters and start to warm me up and like you know before before we have sex or before we have penetration um and just like say it just say it how it is so awkward it's so like it I mean it depends who you're fucking but like if I went home with a guy that I just met I'm never gonna be like excuse me like could you just pause for a second before you put your dick in me and just (laughs) you know like um and just warm me up a little bit I mean I guess I guess I I do I do direct men being like hey this feels good or hey can you do this but I feel like it, it is it is an awkward thing to like tell someone to slow down or or I don't know it, yeah, it, it is I awkward it. but I feel like there'd be a lot of women that wouldn't feel comfortable enough to say that yeah, so it's fully it's such it is, a tricky thing it is a really tricky thing and I used to be exactly the same and that it took years of like self-work to get to the place where I had enough like self-worth and confidence to do it but I think like you you know you want to look out for the kind of men like the kind of men you're going to share your body with even if it is a one-night stand you want to be having conversations about this shit like before you get into the bedroom or be like feel have enough like 
rapport with them to feel comfortable just like giving them a bit of direction and you don't have to be like okay so like now I would like you to place a finger inside me and stimulate my g-spot you can be like oh I love I love what you're doing like can you just stay down there like a bit longer I love I love when you like lick my pussy or like can you suck my nipples and just like keep encouraging them and like directing them to do more of the foreplay stuff or if they go to like put their dick in just be like oh hang on like my pussy's just not ready yet like it was amazing when you did this maybe like let's do some more of that or you can just like if you're too awkward to actually say it verbally just like guide his you know himself him away and then you like go down on him for a bit or like you can like use your hands and like give him a wristy and like keep things moving yeah totally like just sort of like divert the situation to give yourself more time but like like I just feel Mm. like if you're with someone and you're feeling pressured to have sex and they're rushing to that end goal and like they're trying to make penetration happen quickly then you're going to feel pressure you're not going to be relaxed if you're like consciously trying to slow things down all the time and he's trying to rush it like should you really be having sex with this person like they're not they're not listening to your fucking needs you know like stand up for yourself I've fucked a lot of people that that fucking (laughs) that are not there for my needs then I'm I'm a public service (laughs) announcement I'm fucking the wrong man dude I totally I no, me too. And like most of us fucking are and most of us go through that phase. But I think it's important for more and more and more people to just like have these conversations with men because like they don't know what they don't know. It's not their fault necessarily. Like they're a victim of the fucking patriarchy too. Like no one has had a good sex education. No no man has been taught about pleasure and women's needs. Like who's going to tell them if, if you don't, you know? Like I, I just feel like it's my my duty almost to like – tell as like when I was you know having like multiple sexual partners and like whatever I would get better and better and better at like speaking up and just giving them the rundown being like hey so like this is a thing did you know this about women's bodies and like just breaking the like vicious cycle of them just thinking they fucking know everything yeah I'm like I said I'm really gung-ho about it because I just feel like guys need this education too and to fake fake thing in pleasure and like fake that they're what they're doing is like great fast just means the next woman that they're with is going to have a shit time as well it's like someone's going to tell them it's so true it's so true and I think more women do need to speak up and teach men what is good and what isn't good and like everyone is so different like some girls like different things and like you know to the next person but I mean generally we all love a bit of fucking foreplay and we all do take longer to warm up so I feel like if even like that as a bare bare minimum is communicated to a man then you know we could be off to a way better start. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You don't have to go the whole hog straight away. Like even just bringing their attention to the fact that like, maybe you're not ready after five minutes of making out, you know, like that is huge that they will take that on board, you know, and the more women that do it, the more we're going to like shift the needle. (laughs) Let's fucking change this guys. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm like, it needs to, it needs to bloody happen. So back to like Yoni, massaging so like I mean obviously I feel like I I don't know much about this and I presume a lot of my listeners might not know about a lot about this so how 
like, do all women come to you pretty much knowing that your fingers are going to enter inside of their vagina? Yes, of course. Oh, that would be okay. That would be hell. So that's the whole point of it. Yeah, that's the whole point. (laughs) And and do and do no no not as in they don't know, but as in like that that's the whole gist. The whole gist of a yoni massage is to like pressure point the insides of your vagina and show you what feels good and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of different things that we're doing in the session. There's definitely the pressure pointy part. There's like the physical massage that releases tension and like helps, um, helps the health of the tissues and the muscles. And then there's also like the component. So, cause I do like an hour and a half, like the sessions are three hours long. I should have mentioned that. And the first hour and a oh, half. Shit we're like chatting and we're, and I'm giving them the sex education that they didn't have. And we're talking about what's going on in their lives and their relationships and their self pleasure practices and all of that. And so like, you know, get building rapport and trust so that they're feeling more and more comfortable with me. And then I do a full body massage first because it's really important to like honor the entire body and relax the whole body first. And that's, again, that's like the thing around dropping them into their parasympathetic nervous system so that they're relaxed and they feel safe and comfortable and then eventually getting to like genital touch which is what like all that's what foreplay is all about that's what guys should be doing more of is like spending more time on the whole body and relaxing her and making her feel safe and worshipped before he even approaches the pussy um so then I do like guys just (laughs) rush into it and and what about like do do you any of your clients ever orgasm um it's pretty rare like not that it's not totally okay if that happens but I guess because we're we're kind of it's more therapeutic what I'm doing so I'm I'm massaging I'm showing them where like their g-spot is and their cervix and their a-spot and I'm giving them a bit of an anatomy lesson but I'm not spending a lot of time on those like particularly erogenous zones. So it's more about like trauma release and emotional release and tension release and education. And then I suppose like the areas that I touch that sometimes do like, you know, get a bit of pleasure happening um, because I'm not there to like, you know, rub one out and make them come. It's more just to show them the pleasure potential. I don't then like spend, you know, ages just like going ham on their G spot. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. That's like a place of pleasure. That's really cool. Um, And like sometimes if a woman's coming to me because she's never had an orgasm or she's really like struggling to have one and pleasure starts happening and, you know, I check in with her and she's like cool to keep going with it, then I'll just keep doing whatever it is I'm doing that she's liking and we can allow that to kind of flow. But it's super rare that a woman would have an orgasm in that space because like there's not, there's not like sexual energy running between us. Like it's very professional, very clean, pure, like therapeutic space. It's not like a, yeah, yeah, it's not like a sexy, like, okay, like this is a sexy massage. Um, So usually like she's not in that headspace, you know, and the context has to be perfect for a woman to have an orgasm in the first place. So it's not likely to happen in this Totally. Yeah. And like what through the Yoni massage, like I know we spoke on the phone the other day, you mentioned that like different women have different pleasure points. Like what do you reckon some different pleasure points that different women that you've um, massaged have had? Um, So 
I would, I think I was saying on the phone, like everyone has a bunch of common areas like the G spot, for example, that are like really common, like reliable places where everyone will be able to feel pleasure or have an orgasm. And then because every, every vagina and every woman is innovated differently. So like the way her nerves kind of branch and the layout of them and the, you know, where they cluster and concentrate more um, will mean like everyone's so different. It's like a fingerprint. So that'll mean that she might have places inside her vagina or like maybe it's her nipples that are extra sensitive or her anus or, you know, sort of a certain place inside the vagina that is particularly pleasurable for that woman and it's like kind of it she has to figure that out herself you know I mean I I'll give her the guided tour of her vagina but um yeah it's it's all about like her experimenting with her own body and the other thing is like those pleasure zones can change day to day like something that might feel fucking amazing one day she might go back to the exact same spot inside her vagina the the next day and it won't feel the same because we're kind of always changing and I mean that's it's so I do feel so like sorry for people who are trying like especially men or anyone who is like a lover of a woman trying to figure out a vagina holy shit because it's it's like you it changes all the time as well depends on her mood depends on where she's at in her cycle so they might figure out a few tips and tricks that usually work but then one day it might not work because like that's changed and that's not what gets her going anymore you know (laughs) so it's a it's constant trial and error yeah and that's why it's just good to like you know self-pleasure and explore your own body really frequently to kind of get the lay of the land and then also just to get really good at communicating about your needs and your where you're at with a partner so that in the moment the whole time like he can be gathering information about your body and what you like and what you don't like and just checking in so each time you can be like fine-tuning that together yeah right and then so like what would you say um would be some tips for women with like a low libido um it's a tricky one because it just depends on like I'd need to know each individual's exact situation and what their lifestyle was like and what their sexual history was like and everything like that so because it's you know it could be her accelerator is not sensitive enough it could be her brakes are really sensitive so like you know if her brakes are really sensitive it might be that she's got a really highly stressful lifestyle and she finds it hard to wind down and she's always on so that's a common one like I would say you know doing things like oh fuck like meditation and yoga or dance or like going for a run or just those things that help you clear your mind and drop into your body can be really helpful because like removing a bit of the stress from your lifestyle can do wonders like stress is definitely the biggest libido killer straight up and really? it's, it's a tricky one because it's like everyone you know no one wants to ch- overhaul their whole life and like slow the fuck down because we live in this go 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 super busy world um but stress is huge um for libido because it's everything's so interlinked like you know stress and the hormones the sex hormones in your body and stuff like stress hormones completely squash sex hormones um 
And if you're in fight and fight or flight and you're quite, quite highly strung and stressed out a lot of the time, then like sex is the last fucking thing that your body needs. It's trying to survive, you know? Um, is there anything else that like could, could bring on a low libido other than stress? Yeah, there's stuff like, um, I mean, a really massive one is hormonal birth control. So that is like shocking for your libido and your sex drive. Um, And it could also be, yeah, yeah, pretty much any hormonal birth control, even like the copper IUD can be really shithouse for your libido. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy is I went off the pill last November and I have just been so horny all year. I'm like, mm, <laughs> what time is it? Better masturbate. Like, <laughs> literally, I feel like I'm like actively wanting to have a lot more sex. It's like, and then it's the time when I'm single and don't have sex on tap. Yeah. It's like fucking so annoying. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I can relate to that. It's, it's, if you've got something like fucking with your natural hormones and sort of suppressing your, it's, it's suppressing your fertility. And like, there's nothing that's like more, that makes you more horny than being like fertile. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but around the time of your ovulation, you'd probably be more toey oh. and like want to have sex more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because your body's I like, oh my God. Let's make a baby. <laughs> okay, so you'll find this so interesting. I literally like masturbated five times the other day and I was like, what the fuck? Like I was just couldn't, like I just was, so, I don't know, I was just so turned on. And yeah. I like went to like track my cycle in my Clue app and it was like my ovulation day was the day that I masturbated five times. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. How good. I'm like (laughs) fucking crazy. I was like, my clue app is accurate. Um, So funny. Yeah. So what about, no, you go. No, no, no. I was just going to wrap that up because like obviously if your fertility squash, which it is when you're on hormonal birth control, like you can't conceive. So your body's like, ah, sex, whatever. I can't make a baby right now. So fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. Well, guys, you heard it here first. I'm way more horny being off the pill, so I can get off it. Um, And then, what about like I've had quite a few people um, ask me like tips for spicing it up in the bedroom, Um, getting out of the same routine. Like you're in, you know, you get into a bit of a lull and you're in a long relationship. What would be your like top three tips for someone to spice it up? Again, like kind of depends on the couple and like why the desire has kind of gone away. But I suppose like long-term relationships is a really common common one for like a loss of around, like getting turned on or wanting to have sex with each other. Um, and like in that case, it's kind of most of the tips around that are like trying to introduce novelty and newness again because for women in particular like on one hand we need to feel really safe and comfortable and secure to feel like you know loved and and aroused but we also need novelty and mystery and excitement and so there's like this like goldilocks period where you're first seeing someone and you're kind of like going steady and you've got a bit of security because you know that they're fucking in this with both feet but you it's also still fresh and so you're just like banging like crazy and the sex is off off the chain but then for women we lose our desire for a partner like twice as fast as a guy does so we lose interest really quickly in a long-term relationship which is 
huge bummer. And it's all about like oh my introducing God, I always that. Get the ick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a really good book about um, female infidelity and how we have like just as much, if not more, affairs as men because of this. And it's like you know, it's not probably all that natural to to be monogamous, I suppose, historically, but. That's a whole other thing. But, yeah, if you can do things, like this is why people get really into stuff like role play or kink um, or just introducing new exciting things into the bedroom. So, like a really simple example of this is, and it's tricky, like if you're in lockdown right now, oh, my God, but um, is like getting a bit of space from each other and allowing time to miss one another. So if you live together or, you know, you see each other a lot, trying to build in as much like space for for you to be apart as possible. And then when you organize like dates, you know, organize to arrive separately and like wait, you know, let that other person rock up. And then when you enter the, the restaurant or whatever, like just observe the other person like doing their thing for a little while or you know go do a new activity together so that you can see the person in a new light in a new context doing something that's different and that isn't just that old familiar kind of same old um so it sounds really simple but yeah most of the the research like there's a really amazing woman esther perel who does a lot of work around keeping the spark alive in long-term relationships and her stuff is all about like how can you bring novelty in so you might just be like all right things are a bit boring let's fucking try tantra let's sign up to a workshop let's do an online training like let's introduce a bit of um, you know, like breath work or eye gazing or sensual massage. Let's learn how to do some like cock massage and yoni massage and, you know, just trying new things that you haven't before can inject a bit of spark back mm. into something that's just a bit like boring, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, like if this, if someone was asking me this advice, I'd, I'd give them something very similar and, and also like I feel like st- – you know, don't just fuck in the same bed that you're in every night. Like go mm. give them a blowjob on the couch. Like start making out somewhere that's a little bit foreign, even if it is your own home. And like totally. yeah, I, I think like doing something different and, you know, whether it's like bringing in a new toy to the bedroom. I don't know if people want to have a threesome or, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you said, role play, like, you know, doing things that spice it up, I think. Totally, yeah. yeah. Definitely be what I'd recommend as well. Yeah, and like one thing that I'll give to couples, like a bit of homework I'll give to couples um, with this kind of, especially if they don't want to, you know, they don't want to open up the relationship, They, which, you know, understandably don't want to have a threesome or they don't want to, um, you know, go out to a club and like watch one another pick up somebody else and then, but still go home. You know, there's all these ways that you could do it, but it's a bit edgy for a lot of people, understandably. If you just want to start really small, just like at home, setting aside one day a week, one day a fortnight where you have like a pleasure date and you block out a couple of hours that's totally just your time. And all that's on the cards is just like exploring pleasure, exploring intimacy, exploring connection. Like you maybe like do a massage, full body massage, like explore different ways of touching each other and introduce some food, like get the honey out, eat cake off one another's bodies. Like, you know, just try different ways of, you know, using the senses. And if, you know, 
another cool thing is like taking sex off the table because if you say like cool we're going to have these pleasure dates once a week and we're going to like kiss and lick and suck and like massage and do everything else but we're not allowed to have penetrative sex like that is off the table nothing makes you want to have sex more than not being able to have it (laughs) that's a great idea I love that one yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah guys get your partners and fucking do everything but I I feel like also that comes back to that like you know slow warm-up phase like you know really Mm. like heaps of foreplay I feel like that definitely spices it up maybe a little bit of porn yeah yeah totally I mean I'm like it's a bit controversial my like opinion on porn I'm I'm down for the ethical like like realistic porn, not super down for the mainstream porn just because it's like super damaging and unrealistic and like pretty toxic in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't love that mainstream like pounding porn either. I actually – so this is another question I got asked. So I actually watch lesbian porn. That is like all I can watch. And I – and like – so someone actually literally wrote a question being like – you know, lesbian porn, so many girls I speak to watch it. Like, does this mean I'm gay? Does this mean I'm bi? Like, what what is the common occurrence for women watching lesbian porn? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, yeah, you'll love this. So, it's really common for women to watch lesbian porn, way more common than it is for men to watch gay porn. So, like, there was even this study where they, like, chucked some, like, instruments into like the participants' vaginas and like rigged up, you know, this thing to like guys' dicks and they were monitoring their arousal signs and they got them to watch like different kinds of porn and like men watching male and male porn like didn't do a whole lot for them. Um, But, yeah, women like watching lesbian porn like mad into it. And it's, well, it's because it's hot, you know, obviously, and it's probably a bit less like poundy-poundy like, toxic mask, like dick schwangen kind of, you know, like just get Ew. your end in kind of I don't want to see some big ball sack <laughs> going into some, like it just no, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. And like also there was this interesting study where like if guys and girls had sex in front of a mirror, um, the guy would be watching the chick banging him but the girl would be watching herself um and like females just find other females really beautiful and attractive and there's a little bit less of that like you know like there's a bit of latent homophobia where guys are just like oh my god I don't I don't want to be seen to be gay or what if I if I like if I like watching gay porn then oh my god it means I'm gay and they're so afraid of that so it's a bit of that whereas women's sexuality is so much more fluid and we're very usually a lot more open-minded and a lot more um yeah, open to that. And the cool thing about women's sexuality is whilst like male sexuality kind of cements itself at a pretty young age and it's quite, um, it sort of stays pretty much the same. Women's sexuality is very fluid. So it changes throughout our cycle. It changes throughout our lifetime, changes like all the time. And we can be a lot more prone to experimenting with same sex. Even if you're pretty straight, like our sexuality spectrum is so much more fluid. And so I think it's really, really normal. And it's like super beautiful that women watch other women having sex and it's just like fascinating to us and it can be a real turn on I I think that's pretty pretty standard yeah it doesn't mean you're a lesbian but like it just means your sexuality is more fluid and 
you know, maybe you're curious. Yeah, that's actually really interesting about the mirror thing as well. I've never heard that before. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, if I've had sex in front of a mirror, have I, do I look at myself or them? I'm like trying to think what I've done. <laughs> but yeah. like maybe I do watch myself because like, ew, I don't want to see their face like all like, and like scrunched <laughs> up and just being all like gross. Um, that's so interesting. Um Okay, can we also talk about um, squirting? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> why not? Okay, so can every the, – the, the tale of whatever the what saying is, the tale old question or whatever it is, can all women squirt? <laughs> yes, yep. So we've all got the capability and like physiologically we've all got the potential to squirt. Some people it comes to them more naturally and it might even just happen like accidentally without them trying. Um, Other people might have to like really learn and train their bodies to do it, but we can all do it. So like what, how, how, how how can I squirt? I'm like, I've I've literally like tried with partners where we're like like a partner that I'm like super comfortable with to the point that if I actually did pee, it would be fine. Like, and it just doesn't happen. Like what, what is the most common way to make a woman squirt? Um, It's cool that you said like, you know, you were comfortable enough that if you actually did pee, uh, it would be fine because that's sometimes the biggest blockage for people. It's not actually physical. It's just like mental, psychological. They aren't comfortable enough or they haven't really like surrendered to the fact that they might just piss all over the sheets and that can be like a blockage. A lot of clients will say like, oh, I felt like I, I was really close and there was all this pressure and build up and I felt like I was about to squirt but then I was like, fuck, I'm going to piss myself and just like shut it down. Um, so that's that's cool that you were aware of that. Um, and I guess like it is a, it's a bit of a technique thing. Like often with sexuality stuff, it's really not about technique. It's more about like how you feel with the person and um, the, the energy between you and the kind of like compatibility. But in this case, it's pretty mechanical. So like with squirting, usually it's from the G spot, which is um, the G spot is just like a sheath of erectile tissue that goes over the urethra. So that can like puff up and fill with blood. Ideally, if you're really aroused, that will become engorged. Like I was talking about before with like females getting a hard on. If you're really aroused, then the G spot will be like super puffed up and filled with blood and it'll feel extra good because of that. And when you're, so that, that usually takes like, like at least 15 minutes, if not more, like 20 minutes of like really consistent stimulation of the G-spot. So that's often where people go wrong. They don't stick at it long enough um, and they're not turned on enough because really? they're like really focused on like, oh my God, is it happening? Is it working? Like I want to I want to squirt and it's they're both very focused on that end result. So then of course there's like too much overthinking and contraction in the body for it to happen. Um, but yeah, it's like so, a really... So is it only through the G spot like that? So you couldn't squirt from someone rubbing your clit? Uh, not really. Like some, I think I've, I've heard of like some people being able to, but it's so rare because I think you'd need to have learned how to squirt via the G spot already. And then for it to just be like a, a really, um, 
what's that expression like a trigger trigger has I don't know hair trigger um response where they squirt so easily that then it starts happening from other places but the skin's glands which is like where the actual fluid like the amorita (laughs) amorita the amorita fluid comes from which is like the you know like in Tantra that translates to nectar of the gods or something like that um where that fluid comes from is right is like um kind of on top of slash connected to the g-spot it's like lying I'm trying to do it with my hands it's really hard to explain it like verbally but those skeins glands that the moisture comes from uh basically um, they've got like one cell wall between them and the g-spot and if the g-spot becomes engorged and is getting a lot of pressure and stimulation it like pushes on the like cell wall and it like that's where the liquid kind of there's a word for it it's not transmute it's like a it's the same process that happens when you breastfeed um and it basically comes from the area where the g-spot is so like pretty much if you want to squirt you need to be doing that like really consistent and like hard and fast usually it's pretty hard and fast stimulation on the g-spot and usually you wouldn't want that hard and fast stimulation straight up you've got to work up to it so you've got to start off like yeah quite gently and then as you become more engorged and aroused you can go harder and faster and it's like a pretty hectic movement like if you see someone doing it it's like they lock their elbow and they have their fingers like firmly on the g-spot and they're just like like really going (laughs) and um and then yeah it's gnarly um and it doesn't always have to be like that but it usually takes like this particular technique like I wish I could show you like in a video, but um, this particular technique of stimulation to actually make it make the squirting happen. Some people it happens more easily, but like that's generally is, is it yeah. is it pee though? Just the the liquid that comes out. Like is it urine? No, no. So like you know how I was saying it's kind of similar to the process of making breast milk. It's like there's fluid yeah. from the blood that. Uh, what is it? It's like sebum, fluid, like clear fluid, clearish yellow fluid from the blood that comes from the erectile tissue being filled with blood in the G spot. It gets like pushed through that like one cell wall barrier and the blood platelets or whatever get left behind in the blood and that just clear fluid pushes through. (laughs) This is like the most layman's way that like, I hope no scientists listen to this. I'm just butchering this, but I'm trying to explain it um, in a way that's easy to understand. But yeah, that fluid pushes through into the skein's glands and it mixes with like, you know, a little bit of fucking water. There's like, I think they did tests and there was a super, super small percentage of urine because it comes through the urethra. So it like pushes through, it like comes out your pee hole, which then like there would be remnants of urine or whatever in in the tube. (laughs) Um, So there's a little bit of wee, there's a bit of wee in there, but it's mostly this other fluid. and yeah, it's and, and is that is that urge, that feeling that you need to pee, is that does that happen at, like every time to someone when they like is that just part of the sensation of squirting? Um, yeah, like I think it gets less less and less, like especially I think because in the beginning you're probably on high alert because you haven't you don't have the familiarity yet with the sensation of squirting, so you just associate 
the feeling of needing to wee or the feeling of like, well, it's not even the feeling of needing to wee. It's the feeling of your urethra being pushed on. So there's like pressure on your urethra and it's all in that kind of bladder area. So like mechanically what the finger is doing is like pushing on the like tissue around your urethra so automatically you're going to go like oh I know that familiar sensation that is the sensation of like we and so that that association is like pretty intense to begin with because you've spent your whole life like training yourself not to fucking let that go um but once you kind of get used to (laughs) yeah um I mean unless you're like not toilet trained but let's just assume that you are and yeah once you kind of start associating that sensation not only with urinating but also with like squirting and orgasm and pleasure then I think it just gets easier to like dismiss it and be like oh yeah that's that sensation it's it's chill I'm not gonna wet myself um yeah, and like it happens okay. when you just like well, I, massage. I think. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I probably said that on video. I'm like, hello. Um, I think we need to like give all the girls some homework, guys. If you've got a partner and if you're comfortable, try. Let's let's get this squirting thing going. I'm. I need to find someone that I can have a really sexual, intimate moment with, and. Everyone, I want you to try and squirt at home with these little tips and let me know if you squirt. Please DM me. And, yeah, I I want to know. I feel like this is such a, this is something I've always wanted to do and I haven't been able to. So it's definitely, like, cool to get more of a, you know, I guess lesson on how you actually do it and, like, what those sensations are. Yeah, and um, you can like try can it I- yourself as well. Like you could, you don't have to have a partner. Like you can use a wand or even your fingers, and you can do it yourself. And that might help with the whole like being uncomfortable with letting go around someone else. It might be easier to actually practice with yourself first. And I would just say like you know don't put squirting on a huge pedestal though, because you can squirt without having having an orgasm. Like it's not. A, some people love it, and some people are like, meh, it's it's all right you know and some people are like fuck it's such a mess I have to change my sheets and put down towels every single time you know so like I think it's become glorified because of porn and it's all trendy these days and it is cool to see what your body's capable of but like don't be disheartened if you can't or if you if you squirt and you're like oh that wasn't that wasn't that cool (laughs) because like could could some could some women only like squirt like the tiniest bit and then some women may like gush the fucking sheets down yeah, everyone has different and it, and it depends how hydrated you are as well. Like it depends where you're at in your cycle. So like the moisture levels um, differ like all the time as well. Yeah. Maybe that's why I can't squirt because I never, I don't drink enough water. Maybe I'm just fucking dehydrated. <laughs> Dude, maybe, seriously. <laughs> maybe. Just skull heaps of water. Yeah. Um, and then what about, <laughs> there's another, um, so, what about like when this is I got this other question and they asked me and I was like oh my god I've actually always thought about this too what does it mean when you start shaking when you're getting head (laughs) um I don't know I think it depends on the person it could it could totally mean that like there's a lot of energy moving through your body and pleasure. Like, I don't know, does the shaking accompany pleasure or is it like just shaking? Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's just your body like with heaps of sexual energy running through it being like 
pumped you know it's like there's a lot there's a lot of like sex hormones that are like running through your body and you're probably just like letting go and also like being in that state of pleasure can mean that you might let your guard down and let your body kind of shake off other things that it's been holding on to like we often just like have emotional reactions throughout the day or whatever and because there's no we're not you know we're not allowed to just like burst into tears at work or like have have a bit of a tantrum or whatever so we like push those emotions down and we like store it in our bodies and then later we might have a moment where we can diffuse it like being in that hyper aroused like hyper connected sexual space lets all those guards down and so all sorts of weird shit can happen like a lot of like I don't know if this is happening to you but a lot of people will cry when they orgasm um or have like big emotional oh, releases no, that's never happened to me yeah, it's pretty common. Um, and, you know, you do need to feel safe with the partner and stuff. But, yeah, that can happen because, like, you're in such a heightened state where everything's really close to the surface and you're really, like, connected to yourself. You're really in your body. You're not – because, you like, when you're, you know, in that orgasmic space, that is an altered state of consciousness. Like, it is actually an altered state of consciousness. Your brainwaves are different. We're in this primal fucking space, like full lizard brain. And so then the body is just like doing all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah, I um, I definitely like have had like quite a few moments where someone's going down on me and I'll like shake quite a bit, but like sometimes not even like climax, but that's really interesting to hear like what it could mean. Um, mm. Cause yeah, I actually have always wondered that. And then when someone wrote a question in about that, I was like, Oh my God, I've always thought about this myself too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just know that it's normal and it's nothing to worry about. Well, I think we're going to, I'm going to need to get you. I feel like we haven't even like touched on anything to do with tantric sex. So I feel like <laughs> we're going to need to do another episode to hear all about your whole tantric sex, not tantric sex knowledge and everything you've experienced with that. Cause I feel like we've already touched on so much today, which has been so good, but yeah, I definitely want to get you back on to dive into all those other topics. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Freya. I feel like it. I've just learned so much, and it's been so cool chatting chatting to you, and it being such a like comfortable, safe, safe space. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely, I want to get a yoni massage. I'm like, I need to do this. So, <laughs> yeah, girl, highly um, recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, thank you so much, and I'll definitely be getting you on again in like the next few weeks, so we can go over tantric sex to you know, go through everyone else's sexual desires. Awesome. Can't fucking wait. Thank you. Neither. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Freya. Bye. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the Acast Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. 